But why celebrate the birth of Jesus? Why is it that in so many many ways does Christmas seem to eclipse Easter as a holiday? Have you noticed that? I mean, the music. I love the music from Christmas time, don't you? Don't know a lot of songs from, from Easter. There's a few. But we don't hear it on the radio in, in, in like September, right? <laughs> the gifts, the season, it just lends to celebration, doesn't it? I, I think I know. I think I, I, I really, um, I think really God loves it when we celebrate Jesus' birthday for this reason. Because we are really celebrating the one word that God spoke to all humanity through the birth of Jesus. You ever thought about that? There's one word that still resonates loud and clear in this season. Know what it is? The one word response that God has for our sin. The word is heard in the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, and that word is grace. Yes, we hear Jesus, but, but that word that God spoke through the life of Jesus, through sending his son, is grace, unmerited favor, not getting what we deserve. Amen? I think we'd be a little bit warmer. Did feel a little warm today, though, but that's just me. God's way of emphatically expressing to us his heart to be with us is grace. This series, God With Us, um, we're going to finish out with um, next week. um, Kelly's going to be sharing um, God With Us um, in the new year. Um, But this this title is In All Things. Um, Yes, there's this tension between grace and works. We see that. Paul and James, you know, there's a little bit of a fight going on. But ultimately, that tension is not really a tension at all, is it? It's really a, a paradox. Two things that are absolutely true that may seem like that they're at odds, but they're not. Living as a Christian, we're living in the paradox, right? We're living in that in-between life, that, that narrow road, right? Not the broad road that leads to destruction, but we've talked about grace and works before like that. And, and the thing is, is that works are not profound. Whereas grace is profound with a capital P, isn't it? Works are something we can do. Grace is something we can't. And there's no tension there, is there? It's very clear. I'm going to start out in, in Ephesians 2, um, but a little bit We always see Ephesians 2.10 for God's workmanship. I'm going to go a little bit before that. So 2, 4 through 7, it says this. uh, But God, being rich in mercy, uh, because of the great love with which he loves us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, our trespass, uh, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. 
That kindness, that grace is, is what is so profound and what, what makes celebrating the birth of Jesus so needed in our lives with Christ. So this is why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Number one, great, uh, Jesus is with us in the grace of salvation. In the grace of salvation. Um, recognizing that we fall short in our approach to God, that we are flawed and marred, and that all of that is glaring against the perfection and the holiness that is God. That we are truly saved from all of, of, of that through Jesus. All of that we are saved through Jesus. The grace of salvation in Jesus is, what, is, is just like the pay for the various workers that came at different times of the day. Each worked for different lengths of time, but they were all paid the same. And even those that worked for just an hour were paid a day's wage. Salvation is the ultimate pay we could ever receive, and yet it is pay for work that we never even did. So that story is great, and it's close, but it's not even close to what Jesus did for us. Jesus lived out the work of the cross, and, and we are the ones that get paid for that work. Now, sometimes that may cause us to go, oh, wow, oh, and it wrecks us, right? But so often, when we get to that place where we recognize that there is work that was, was done on our behalf, it brings us to a place of praise. It may bring us to our knees, but that's a great place to start praising, isn't it? that praise that comes out of us, that gratitude, as it were. It's one of the, the best things to teach our kids is to be grateful, to be thankful, because that's what we do as believers, is we are grateful and we are thankful for all that he has done for us, above and beyond, because he's still doing for us, isn't he? Every good thing, every good thing, every perfect thing that proceeds from the Father, that comes from the Father, every gift that comes from the Father. Doesn't that take you to that place of gratitude? Or is it that when things go wrong, that's when we're vocal? Yeah, sometimes, right? Sometimes when things go bad, that's where, we, where we're heard the most. But I'll tell you what, if we're heard the most in that in praise, when something bad happens and we go to, go to our knees and we're like, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. How much louder that praise is. How much a greater aroma to him is our worship. Amen? Grace, pure, gentle, mind Blowing grace. Yes, mind blowing. You know that thing like mind blown. The grace that God gives us when when we don't take it for granted should blow our minds. When we think about the grace that we've been given, 
Anybody thinking about that? Thinking about the grace that you've been given individually. As a people were given that, but as an individual, there are things that you know. You, you just are thinking about them right now. You're cycling through that encyclopedia of things that God has done in your life of grace. And it should blow our minds each and every time. We see, we see this in the words of John, uh, John Newton's amazing grace. He, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. It was blind, but now I see. And you guys know this story. You know that he was a, a slave ship captain, and he was saved, and um, spent the rest of his life in service. Um, to be able to write a song like that that goes beyond your, your own time, beyond your own situation, that speaks to so many about that amazing grace that we've been given. Even in the midst of tragic, tragic things that he was a part of, his mind was blown, wasn't it? Jesus thought ahead for us. In John 16, 12 through 15, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take that, um, what is mine and declare it to you. Number two, Jesus is with us. Through the support of the Spirit. The Spirit is our support, our helper. The one that Jesus had to leave. He told the disciples, I gotta go so you can have the, the Holy Spirit, right? And I think we maybe talked about this that if Jesus stayed, how long would the line be to go and see him? If he stayed in this physical world, we I mean we would make that track. On our, our, on our knees, our elbows, our face. But we would have to wait in line with six, seven, eight billion people, right? So he had to go so the Holy Spirit could come so that he could indwell in all of us and we would have instant access to Jesus. We don't have to wait in line we don't have to go talk to somebody. We just talk to him. We turn and he's, in, he, he's right there. We may walk away, but we always turn and he's right there. That restoration in us. The spirit is like, he's like the black ops team, right? He, he's like a SWAT team or, or a like for our souls. He empowers us with the truth and direction and authority in which we live. You know what I'm talking about? There's an authority when somebody is speaking the word of God or speaking into our lives or calling us on our junk. Amen? There's an authority when that is spoken that the spirit is speaking through someone. It's like you can't discount it, can you? You can't put it aside. Does it mean that everything is going to be ice cream and rainbows? No. Of course not. But God is with us, and as we go through this life, he, he is with us as we go through whatever it is that we go through. 
whatever we are walking through, the good stuff, the bad stuff. And sometimes we, we, we differentiate between good and bad, but I don't know that the spirit does. I mean, there's good and bad. We know what bad is. We know, we know um, that things that are not of God, that's bad. But the things in this life, this life is good. There are hard things, but I would not necessarily attribute hard things to being evil things or bad things, right? Because sometimes hard things develop us more in our spirit, more in our faith, more in our strength spiritually than we could have done on our own. So in a way, it's like we're exercising with that SWAT team. Going out and doing push-ups with the Navy SEALs. You want to do that? Sometimes the Spirit does that, though. It takes us along with him and, and, and into these situations where we don't feel like we can make it. Where we feel like we might just crumble. When we have loss. When we have brokenness. When we feel like we don't win. Anybody feel like Charlie Brown at a time? Yeah, don't, don't have to raise your hand. I, we don't want to talk about footballs being pulled and all that, but there, there's something to that. Sometimes we feel like that Charlie Brown. We feel like we get the ball pulled just as we're about to kick, right? Feel like we can't win. But that's, that's a worldly thought, right? He's already won. And we just live in that winning. Yeah, sometimes there's rain, sometimes there's not. Sometimes we have to say goodbye to others. And we celebrate that they're in the kingdom. And it wrecks us if they're not. Number three, Jesus is with us. Are you with him? I love you, John. <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> Are you with him? Jesus is promised to be with us, the spirit with us as we progress through this life in our being a part of the kingdom of God. And the, the, his kingdom, as, as Jesus had said, is coming and now has come. I think the coming part, we, we, we get. We're like, it's coming. And I think we try to attribute that to his second coming. Oh, the kingdom will come when that, when that happened. That, he said it had come then. We're the church, right? The church isn't about this building. This building gone next week, we'll still be the church, won't we? What, Northern California have a whole town that burned down? We're still the church. They may have to meet someplace else and, and, you know, and some people might get dispersed, but they are still the church. And I just want to take a moment. Heavenly Father, we just want to, want to pray for um, the churches there in that town. God, I just pray that you would draw people back to the town, that there would be rebuilding, um, not just physically of that town, but rebuilding of hearts, rebuilding of lives, 
um, that you would bond those people together in you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Um, for the life of me, I'm not remembering the name. What was the name of it? Paradise. Thank you. Wow. Hey, perfect name. No, 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 it's not. Um, but just, just throwing out a little, like, made me proud. Um, Foursquare um, uh, went in and, I mean, they're, we're supporting the, the pastor there and um, to see what they're going to do and see where they're going to go um, while they're rebuilding. So, um, But the kingdom has now come. And we're a part of that kingdom even now. As we are a part of a church, and as we are a part of the church at large, it's not about buildings, it's not about denominations, it's not about any of that, it's about the Spirit of God dwelling richly in us. Jesus, right, right in our lives, and interconnectedness with other believers, and walking out this life and being able to speak about what Jesus has done for us to others. Matthew 10, 34 through 39 says, do, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have come to bring, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and, and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves um, his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. When we make the choice to be with Jesus in the kingdom, the kingdom is is the family into which we're called. This is, this is a pretty, like, wah, wah, <laughs> verse to share during Christmas, but, but I, I, I just kept coming back to it, that we are called to a family, a family that puts Jesus at the tops, right? And loves one another. Well, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, everything that we have, and we love our neighbors ourselves. Remember that this kingdom is not made up of, of some castle or some walls. There's no boundaries to this kingdom. This kingdom, just like the church, is made up of us. It's made up of people. It's made up of, uh, of those that are professing the name of Jesus. It's not necessarily a destination. In fact, we've already arrived. If we get caught up in, in focusing on our going into the kingdom as we leave this earth, we may have missed the point. The kingdom is here and it is now. And we are living in the kingdom amongst those that live in the kingdom. We are citizens of that kingdom. I had a pastor that used to say, um, I, <laughs> I love him, um, don't be so heavenly minded that you are no earthly good. Okay, so what the heck does that mean, right? If we are so focused on what is going to happen, happen after this life, we are missing what God is doing 
right here, right now, in our lives, in the lives of our friends and our family, our acquaintances, people that we pass on the, uh, on the freeway nicely, with blinkers, please. Looking at what God has promised us and looking for where the Spirit is leading us to be in this world, but not of this world, works like this, I think. I, I, I really, really think that we, we can't... I, I, okay, I used to tell, um, I, I used to tell uh, worship leaders when, whenever I'd uh, um, be working with a, an intern and and they'd get up and they'd just start worshiping where they were like, like they were in their closet. And they just, ah, and, and, and they said that every so often they'd look out and people are just like, where are they going? You know, they, why aren't they participating? Why aren't they like, like clapping or, or doing something? Um, well, I'm, you know, the thing is, is if you, if you turned around or you went to the back of the room, you're not really leading. You're, you're, you're just, you're just worshiping, which is a good thing, so that's not bad. But if, if you're leading, you've got to have one eye on earth and one eye on heaven. You've got to still be able to lead. You have to still be able to, to um, it's kind of like a, a gecko. You ever seen a gecko with their eyes? Just, just going all different directions. You know what I'm talking about? Where that one eye's over here. Be like, if he's talking to you, you'd be like, what are you looking at? You know? They can look at two different things. And I think we need to be, as, as believers, as, as citizens of the kingdom, we need to be able to keep an eye on heaven. But we also need to have an eye on earth. What is Jesus doing here? We know what he's going to do there, especially if we're following what he's doing here. Right? Because it says that if we follow this and if we, we step into what he's calling us to step into, if we follow the Spirit's leading, there's going to be a point where we're going to be charging across and just like, yeah, and he's going to go, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Is that because you made it to the end? Is that because you just, hey, you came again. Okay, now the kingdom can start. No. Because you're a good and faithful servant. That's where we get to at the end of the life. We, we have things that God's calling us to do. We have relationships that God's calling us into. There's people in here. Is there not? There's people that are a part of the church and the church at large. There are people that are part of the kingdom. The kingdom that's taking place. Part of the kingdom that's taking place here in the Wenatchee Valley. How are you being a well done, good and faithful servant here in this kingdom. Notice whenever a preacher is is talking about those kind of things, you've heard the little like pointing. There's three fingers pointing back. So I go through all of this in my head. It's usually stuff that I'm going through going, how am I doing this? And then I have to present that and say, okay, this is what I'm going through. So maybe somebody else is going through this too. The kingdom is not just about what is to come. It's about the here and now and what Jesus is doing now. Our, our worship, our lifestyle needs to be centered around this duality. Another paradox, right? Both of them are true. 
It is true that, that when Jesus comes again, he's going to set up and establish a kingdom that's based on him. But that kingdom's already established, too, here. They seem like they're at odds, but they're not. It's just a paradox. A dying world needs to hear the good news of great joy in the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. And then as we recognize our broken, sinful nature, people need to hear of the Jesus that paid our debt on the cross and is now seated with God, even now, and will one day come and take us home to truly be with God. Isn't that awesome? It makes such a difference when we hear the words, Merry Christmas. Or when we say the words, Merry Christmas. Because in those words, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. We're celebrating that Jesus came as a child. As a breath of a word spoken on our behalf for our sin, for our nature, grace. I'm with you. Grace, I'm with you. Why don't you set your things aside?